Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 5 of the Marketing Matters Podcast. I am sat here, as usual, at Glossop Gasworks with David Wright, my fellow podcaster. So hello, there. David. Hi. Hi. And, well, we'll do our normal weather report, which is uh, the weather grey. is, is grey. Yeah, it's very, very autumnal and grey, but it's not raining, so I'm, I'm not complaining. And I, I also just, I have to say, I'm sitting here with nursing a slightly sore arm yesterday because I had my, my booster shot yesterday. And it's, yeah, it, <laughs> whatever they say, it does give you a sore arm. But anyway, we move on to uh, the subject of today, which is about, I mean, in the past, we've, we've been talking about the process of sort of, getting people to your website and making sure that they actually make the inquiry on your website. And today we want to talk, start talking about what happens after they've made the inquiry. And the question that we want to ask is, do you actually follow through on that inquiry and do you have processes in place to actually make the most of it? I have to say today we're going to focus particularly on the sort of uh, perhaps where it's not an e-commerce site where it's going straight to, they, make the, they get onto your website and place the order and you make the sale that we'll talk more a bit more about next time but this one we want to talk about what happens when it's an inquiry that maybe needs a little bit more, bit more massaging to turn into uh, an actual sale so I, I think if i i think there is also a fundamental difference because we talked last time about the, the content on your website and how that's building somebody's confidence in in you and what in your business and what you offer and i think that there is here as you say a fundamental difference between an e-commerce site and a non-e-commerce site because in essence with e-commerce somebody is looking to buy something mm. and they know pretty much what it is they're looking to buy and that when they see it they'll all you know availability and price and what have you all being okay they will place that order whereas when you're talking non-e-commerce there is normally more of a service element involved in which case the business of can you supply what they say what what a customer is looking for is not quite so cut and dried yeah and so the purpose of the website is very much more about building confidence to get somebody within enough a high enough level of trust and confidence in in you and what you can do that they're willing to commit to you and I think that process in a a service-led business is can take more time Definitely. And I think, you know, another way of looking at it, I mean, they, the, they've taken the first step of reaching out to you to actually talk more on, on a very basic level. They've sort of revealed who they are and what their requirements are. So they, they've made that first step. And do you make the most of that and to sort of take the relationship on the next step to, as you say, getting to know them, building confidence in what you can do to the point where you actually they're actually signing on the dotted line? Yeah. And I think, interestingly, that needs to be seen as a process and not yeah. necessarily something that's going to happen very quickly. It might, it needs to be seen as something that's going to happen at the speed, at the rate that's appropriate for your inquirer rather than for you. And I think an, an example might be, obviously, if, if people inquire, they are probably going to inquire either by email or they're going to ring up. And in either case, to be jumping down their throat when you've got the inquiry to try and nail the deal could actually have the opposite effect if you seem a bit too keen to sign them up then they're going to wonder perhaps a little bit about your motivations whereas if your objective is to try and understand what it is thereafter and work to 
make sure that they're confident that they're going to get what yeah. they're looking for at the speed and at the rate that's appropriate to them, then actually being willing to allow it to take a bit longer can give a much better feeling to your inquirer. Yeah. And, and you, you made a very good point at the beginning. You used the P word, the processes, and it's about making sure there will be different inquiries will move along at different paces. And it's about having a process that allows you to deal with an inquiry in the most appropriate way. And, you know, may, maybe back in the day, back many years ago when we used to do telemarketing, this was an issue back then as well. And we had a, a sort of a, a very rigid well not rigid but very well defined system for qualify any inquiry that we got it would be qualified and categorized and there will be a process to follow it up appropriate to which category it ended up in and I guess whether it's coming in whether you're ringing people up and making a telephone contact or they're making a contact on email or whatever that process is still very valid I think I, I think it's it, it's the communication channel is almost irrelevant obviously you can operate different yeah ones in different ways but that it is a process that it involves two parties it involves you as the potential supplier and the other parties the inquirer as the potential customer and the as i said a minute ago the danger is that you as the potential supplier stay too focused on your own needs and wants looking to nail that deal straight away whereas as i say there are two parties involved and to spend a bit of time and a bit of focus on understanding what your potential customer actually wants and working at their rate you know maybe they need a bit of encouragement i mean it's not just yes sir no sir three bags full sir that it's it's quite a subtle process to um, encourage them but not overly push them yeah and i think it's i mean i'm going to test your your memory now and i'm going to ask there were four categories we used to put them in as telemarketing things there were a b c and q can you remember what those what what the sort of the process was for each of those i bet you can (laughs) absolutely because it's something that i've thought about it many times over the years since since we first came up with it and it still has as much validity today as it did back 30 40 years ago and i think that that what we're doing is fundamentally first of all splitting an audience into into two groups which is people that we're interested in and people that we're not interested Mm. in that's us as potential suppliers and so the people we're not interested in to some extent even if they're interested in us, we've got to be careful not to get sucked down a route where it's costing us a lot of time and effort and we're never really going to mm. get anything back from it. But putting that on one side, we've then got and, the... And they're the cues, basically. They are basically the cues. Yeah. And cues, we've qualified them that we have no further action yeah. on, on those people. Then the rest of them are all people who fundamentally we're interested in. We believe there is a fit between what we're offering and their own circumstances such that there is a potential to do business with them somewhere, somehow, sometime. But this is when you've then got to start thinking about what their position, their motivation is. And we've really divided that into these three categories of A, B and C. And you've got working working upwards from C. A C is somebody where basically we as a potential supplier are interested in you as a potential customer, but you're not feeling the love. You don't get it. We know, we know enough that 
the nature of your business, the nature of your inquiry suggests that there is a fit between what we can offer and what you're looking for. But for some reason, you don't get it or mm. you, you're not you're not showing any any yeah. particular interest in us. But that's fine. That's something that we need to work on, which we'll come back to. Yeah. Working up from C to B, a B is somebody where the inquiry is saying, actually, yes, I recognize there is a fit between our two businesses or uh, between us and you. But my requirement is not immediate. It's perhaps longer term. So it's important there that a potential supplier makes note that, oh, I need to speak to this person in three months, six months, whatever it might be, to continue and develop the the, the interest that we've seen now. But I, I can't expect it to turn into something today because that's not where they're at. And then mm-hmm. the top of the pile is the, the what we used to call the A lead, the A inquiry, where you've got somebody who they recognize as a potential customer that they have a need and that that need is is kind of now so yeah. it's it's something that can be progressed as a potential business opportunity more or less straight away and in some ways those are the easy ones because that's where where people can leap in and, and look to do absolutely. the business and the those ch- are often the ones you you think oh they're the ones we want to deal with because they should you should prioritize them because ultimately they're the ones that are likely to turn into businesses but sooner our, rather than later yeah but our, our experience was that even with the best will in the world if we were talking about well-targeted telemarketing or less well-targeted web marketing that the issue is that those a category are are very much the minority mm. and that if you've got a well-targeted operation the most people you're going to find are going to be in category c and, ca- and some in category b so having processes to manage and make the most of those yeah. opportunities over time is a critical element and potentially extremely powerful yeah. and i think the key there is the fact that what's is an appropriate follow-up for something like an a or a B, where probably personal emails and sort of talking about the requirements and getting more information and building the sort of rapport around a specific requirement is appropriate for the A's and B's. But for C, it probably isn't. So it's about having, and there it needs to be much more sort of low-key and things like sort of more more generic email can be, can be more valuable. And I, so it's about having the processes that are suitable for the individual sort of inquiries or the individual group of inquiries because you don't want to get into a situation where for example someone's not that bothered and this happens all the time you see there's a fit but there's no real sort of immediate uh, requirement and you're ringing them up every five minutes saying have you got a requirement yet you'll probably just wind them up so it's you've got to have different systems for dealing with that than talking to somebody who who has got a, a specific requirement so I think the important thing here is having these different processes to deal with the individual types of inquiry and we'll, we'll go into that in a little bit more detail next time when we start to talk about how we deal with keeping in touch with people and keeping the relationship live maybe after they have bought something from you. So I say we'll go into that in a bit more detail next time. But just to finish off now, I think it would be interesting just to talk a little bit about, as you've said, there are a couple of scenarios when actually it can get a bit awkward. And I know the experience we've had, there, are, we've had a sort of experience in how to deal with those. And I think one of the most interesting ones for me is this idea of, when you've got, a, you've got an inquiry and somebody showed an interest in what you're doing, but suddenly they, they seem to stop responding to your emails and you're not getting an answer out of them when you, you make yourself, so you've got to make that decision. Is it worth keeping pestering them or? You should never well, pester them. I, I, I used air quotes. <laughs> well, I, I, Is it worth, if, yeah, sorry. 
I think I think we, I think it's really important that you should never ever pester somebody, but that you need to have be able to strike the balance between making sure you don't pester them and making sure that you don't just never talk to them. Yeah, and you you have a very and I give you this one because I think it was definitely you who invented it. The concept of the boomerang email, which actually I think it, it is a really neat solution to that because if you're getting in a situation where you're not getting the responses, you and the suspicion is that probably the inquiry's gone cold and they're not interested anymore, but. So rather than just sort of make that assumption and say, right, I'll put them in the, I'll just keep in touch with them. There's another Which you don't do. Which you don't do. But again, we'll talk about that next time. But the boomerang, what's the concept of that then? Well, I I think, well, the fact that, first of all, it didn't start off life as a boomerang email. It started off life as a boomerang boomerang fax. (laughs) But it was, yeah, it's that that situation where you've got somebody where, yeah, coming back to our A's, B's, C's, these are not the C's. These are people who have expressed some level of of interest in what we're talking about. But as you say, Duncan, that it, it seems to be going cold. And it's the easiest thing in the world to just say, oh, well, they're not replying, so I'll, I'll take it that they're not interested and just leave it. But in my experience, that's a really dangerous thing to do and, and unnecessary because you cannot read somebody else's mind. You don't know what somebody else is thinking. You don't know what their circumstances are, what they're involved in. And so there is always an opportunity in a maybe a fairly light touch way to just ask the question. And I think particularly if you've had a dialogue with them and so you, they know you, you know them, the fact that you are, you're leaving messages or sending emails and suddenly you're not getting any response, I think the first thing you can quite reasonably assume is that they are seeing those messages and for whatever reason they are choosing not to reply. And the question is, what is that reason? And that's the essence of the, the boomerang facts, or more recently, the boomerang email, which is a, a fairly, as I say, a fairly light touch. I think the original facts actually had a kind of cartoon of a guy throwing a boomerang saying, please get back to me. And the essence of it was to say, look, I'm sure you know that I've been trying to, I've been calling you and I've, I'm conscious I've not heard back from you. So this leads me to one of three conclusions. A, you're really not interested but don't have the heart to say no. B, you, you are still kind of interested but now's not the time, your priorities are elsewhere. Or C, yeah, you are interested and yes, you do want to talk but it's just things have got a bit overwhelming at the moment. And against each of those three, I put a box and say, can you just tick the box and fax it back to me? And the beauty of that is, I think, that at that stage, you've you've set a very clear stall out. And if you don't get a reply from that, then I, I think it's reasonable to take that as a, they've ticked box, the third box that they're really not interested but don't have the heart to say. Mm. But the surprising thing is that you our experience is that you do get people ticking the other two boxes. And probably the majority of people. Well, no, no, I don't think it is the majority. Oh, okay. I th- I but, but, maybe, maybe you only tell me about the ones. <laughs> but, but, but I think that's not the point. Even if, in, coming back to service-led businesses yeah. where I think they are all a combination often of either referrals or long-term business relationships, each new client, each new customer is a key asset for the business. It's it's not retail where they come, they go. Mm. So the fact that maybe one in 10 of these people tick one of the more positive boxes and send it back to you or pick the phone up to you or whatever 
is a very mm. valuable response. And, and we certainly have numerous long-term relationships, business relationships that have been very, very productive and very effective for many years start on the back of a, res- a positive response to that boomerang fax or boomerang email. So, But the most important thing is, I think, that it's a very clear process. It's very yeah. well-defined. Yeah. And it means you don't end up with a big stack in your in-tray of people that, well, I ought to be ringing these, but I'm not going to because I don't really think they're very interested, but I don't know. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's just an example of, of one situation where you finding a solution to those slightly awkward situations is, is really valuable. And I'm going to start to draw it to a close now. And I think hopefully this time we, we've talked to a lot through the process of making sure that once you get that inquiry, see it as valuable and make sure you've got a process to deal with it. Next time, what we want to talk about is And it's going to be talking more, I mean, this time we've been talking very much about process. Next time, I think it's going to be a bit more about content, which is about how do you, when someone's, for example, made a purchase and it's been delivered and you've built that relationship, how do you maintain that? And how do you make sure that next time they have the requirement where you're relevant, they're coming back to you? But also, how do you deal with the processes of keeping in touch, whether it be the C's in these where you've identified there's a potential opportunity, but nothing to talk about at the moment. And also this idea of of keeping in touch with people who've already bought from you, but you want to build that relationship and move it forward. So we'll we'll talk about more about that next time. But I think for now on this subject, we will we'll sort of uh, sign off there and, and call it a day. And we shall get back to this subject next time. In the meantime, if you want to look at our podcast, or our our blog post you'll find them uh, either at podcast.bsamarketing.com or for the blog post on our website which is bsamarketing.com you'll also find us on social media particularly twitter and linkedin at bsa marketing so i think that's all i've got to say so until next time happy marketing bye for now